Hi, everyone, and welcome to our new podcast, Murder on the Porch. I'm Ashley. And I'm Jessica. And each week, we're going to sit down together, have a drink, and discuss a true crime case that has our interest for the week. So if you're interested, sit down, have a drink with us, and join in and get ready for some true crime cases. So each week we're going to pick a case that we're interested in. And this week for my pick, I'm going to do the case of Dorothy Jane Scott. So she was a 32 year old single mother. She had a four year old little boy named Sean. They lived in Stanton, California with her aunt. She worked in Anaheim as a back office secretary at Swinger's Psych Shop and Custom John's Head Shop. The names got me. They interested me. (laughs) And her parents lived a few blocks down from her work and they watched her kid. So she would get home or she would get off work. She would go and pick up her son from her parents' house. And she'd drive 20 minutes back, you know, to their house because she lived 20 minutes in the opposite direction. Okay. So she'd cook dinner. They'd watch cartoons. You know, they'd read books. Just typical mom and son stuff. Yeah. Normal life. Yeah. And then the calls started. Uh oh. So for several months, she was getting these phone calls from this man. She had no idea who he was. They they were alarming to say the least. The man threatened her, warned her he was watching her. You know, he, he would see every move she ever made. You know, just like some little like this one caught my attention, and it says, "When I get you alone, I will cut you up into bits. Will no so no one will ever find you." Wow, that's awesome. Yes. So one of the calls, he told her, you should look outside. I left you a gift. That is terrifying. Yeah. So she goes outside, looks, and on her windshield was a dead rose. Okay. Like, like some of the other calls, you know, he would tell her, I know where you are. I know who you're with. I know what you're wearing. Like, just... Creepy. Super sketch. Creepy shit. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you know, she's terrified, right? Well, yeah. So, she always said that, like, it sounded familiar, but she couldn't, like, figure out who they were, and they obviously never told her who they were. Right. right? So, May 28th, 1980, she was in a meeting at work. She noticed her coworker, Conrad... He looked sick. He had this mark on his arm. Okay. So the mark on his arm is red, swollen, gross looking. And she told him, you know, hey, you need to go to the hospital. Right? Yeah. So another coworker of theirs, her name was Pam. Her and Dorothy took Conrad to the emergency room. And they were at UCI Medical Center. Where it was determined that he had been bitten by a black widow spider. Oh my God. (laughs) So... Dorothy and Pam stayed in the waiting room, you know, waiting for him. Once he was discharged, Dorothy offered she would bring her car around, you know, and pick them up at the door. Okay. Yeah. So a few minutes go by. She still hasn't picked him up. They go out to the parking lot to try and find her. And then they see her 1973 Toyota station wagon, like, blow past him. 
Oh my gosh. Headlights were on brights. Couldn't see, you know, they bl they were blinded. Couldn't see who was in the car. Couldn't see who was behind the wheel. Nothing. The car just flew past him, took a sharp right turn, and then disappeared. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like legit watching her and like, like followed her to the hospital? Like legit was like, my guest was waiting in her car. Oh my God, that's, that is so scary. Like, am I the only one that still to this day checks my backseat for like uh, people that aren't supposed to fucking be there? Let's be clear. <laughs> I check my shower. <laughs> I am that person, you know, because I don't know if there was a murder in there. I mean, they're going to get me anyway, right? Right, but I don't want to be found dead naked. I mean, I'd rather have clothes on. I suppose. I'm also the same person that watches a scary movie. And if I get scared, I put the blankets over my face. Because, you know, a murderer can't get me if my head's covered. Well, no, because they're going to walk in the room and be like, oh, I got you. Oh, shit, you're under a blanket. Dang. <laughs> like, that's that's my plan. I just cover my face because it'll, it'll all go away. I've watched enough horror movies. I know mm -hmm. that rule. And you'd be the first to die. Right? <laughs> I would also be the one that would be like, hey, what was that noise? And, like, walk to it. So, you know. I'd be the one trying to fight everybody all the time. Uh, yeah, 100%. And people would tell you, no, don't go into that room. And you'd be like, I'm going in that room anyway. I mean, that's no. just, that's how we roll. Like, I would run towards the noises. You would scream at everyone for looking at noises and looking at, you know, dark rooms and being like, don't look in there. Right. That's fucking dumb. Don't look in there. You're stupid. Yeah. 100%. That's who we are. <laughs> so a few hours later, you know, because they hadn't heard from her. So Pam and Conrad called her parents to ask if, you know, maybe she was there. Yeah. She hadn't shown up to pick her son up. Oh, no. And her parents, you know, eventually called the police and reported her missing. Okay. I feel so bad for the babies. Yeah. He was four. <sighs> like, it's terrible. Horrid. So, in the early morning of May 29th, just hours after she disappeared, okay, her car was discovered on fire in an alley in Santa Ana. What? Yeah. This, this is where, so that one, I was like, okay, I was like, huh. so you set her car on fire. Right. You know? That's not suspicious at all. I mean, I was already super into this case anyway. And then this part, I was like, oh, and then I was hooked. So a week later, okay. After they found her car? Yep. Okay. An unknown man called her mother, Vera, and said, are you related to Dorothy Scott? And the call, you know, and the caller asked. And she, she was like, well, yes. And he said, I've got her. And then he hung up the phone. So she gets all these phone calls for months. Oh. And then she goes missing. And yes. now her mom is getting them? Yes. So it's got to be someone who knows them, right? To have her oh. and her mom's phone number? Like, this is the well, most. But I mean, what year was this? In the 80s? So everyone had phone books, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he I guess. You could have just looked up her mom's phone number. I guess that's true. It's still super weird, though. Yeah. And so, like, you know, my question is the same question as this page. You know, well, is this the same man that was calling her before, right? Yeah. So the man continued to call every Wednesday for the next four years. Okay, what's so significant about Wednesday? No idea. So then I, I like tried to look it up and come to find out. <laughs> so the day she disappeared was a Tuesday. 
And the next day was Wednesday when he first called her on. Oh my gosh. Like I, I mean, I spun that like price is right wheel going back to that day. Jeez. (laughs) So they were always short. Like it always, like it always occurred when just her mom was home. Okay. So was he like watching her mom's house too? I to know that no one else is there. I have no idea. So this Dude, guy, this is why I don't answer unknown numbers. <laughs> like, let's let's be clear here. Once again, I'm sketchy and I'm shady as hell, and I barely answer numbers I know. <laughs> so I can vouch for that. That's very true. One hundred percent. Because I'm sketchy and. Sometimes I just look at my phone and I'm like, oh, I like this song. I mean, it happens. So the police told her parents, okay, to, you know, keep all the details about her disappearance, like quiet. Right. Don't say nothing. You know, so when someone's brought in. Well, especially if that was just someone fucking around because they heard that she was disappeared or had disappeared or. Exactly. You know, just someone thinking they were fucking funny and they're not. They're just a piece of shit. They're just an asshole. For, yeah. You know, making light of a bad situation. Which we've seen happen. Oh, 100%. So, and that, you know, they told him that because, you know, if they bring someone in for questioning, they're not going to know all these details because they read them in the paper. Right. Right. So you don't want anything released that you might want to catch someone exactly. confessing to later. Exactly. And it says, you know, because then if a suspect can tell details of the crime that only the investigators know, then, you know. More than likely. They're the one who did it. Yeah. Right. Or they're at least in on something. So her dad, Jacob, he was tired of keeping quiet didn't you know oh no he needed to get it out there he needed someone to you know figure out what the hell happened well i mean yeah your daughter's missing you don't want to keep it quiet you want people to know the details you want them to find her right call and say hey i saw this dude following her one day at the mall or you know whatever right so i get where he's coming from yeah so he calls the registered newspaper in santa Ana. I don't know that I would have gone that route, but... You know, like, where her car was found. <sighs> Terrible idea. So, then they ran a story about, you know, her disappearance, right? See if anyone had seen the car or who she was with, or... Exactly. So, that same morning that the story was posted, okay, managing editor Pat Riley received a phone call, and this was all it said. I killed her. I killed Dorothy Scott. She was my love. I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else. I killed her. The voice on the line was sobbing. And then they hung up. What? So now he's calling the reporter? Yeah. Or do they think this was someone else just... Um, I don't know. Oh my god. So, the caller called back. And Pat Riley, he, he said, you know, this caller knows details about her disappearance that wasn't even published. And one of the details, you know, was what she was wearing that night. She was wearing a red scarf. He knew the reason she was at the UCI Medical Center. Oh, my God. And then in April of 1984, okay, so four years later, 
the man called during the evening and her dad, Jacob, was home. He answered the phone. And as soon as he answered, the guy hung up. Well, the, yeah, I don't want to talk to. Right. And the call stopped. Like, there was no more calls. Her son's father, obviously, you know, was looked into, right? Was well, yeah. Questioned. Had an airtight alibi. He was in Missouri, you know, and he was immediately ruled out as a suspect. Her co-workers got questioned multiple times. Since she worked in the back office, she never interacted with customers, so the chances were slim any of them would, you know, be responsible either, right? Right. Because of all the calls from this unknown man, the police planted a record to catch... <laughs> Words. Words are hard. <laughs> they planted a record to catch what was said. And the phones tap, you know, to trace the call. Yeah. Conveniently, he never stayed on the line long enough to be traced. Of course not. So, on August 6th, 1984, a construction worker that was up in, you know, he was, okay, so he was in the Santa Ana Canyon Road, okay? He discovered skeletal remains that had been buried. Oh my gosh. The remains were seen from a dog. Or, okay, so first they thought, you know, they were like, maybe it's an animal, you know, right. whatever. So the first ones that they found were a dog, okay? Underneath them were the charred remains of a human. Oh, no. So he buried her. And then buried a and dog then on buried, top of it. Oh, my so God. So my guess is, you know, he probably killed a dog, too, which... Thanks, oh, my heart. Great. So you're an even bigger piece of shit. 100%. Cuz we love puppers here. We don't mm. we don't like animal neglect. I love her stories it. about poor little puppers. I love animals. So on this human there was a turquoise ring and a watch. That's kind of weird. Normally when you get rid of a body most people take all their stuff. You don't leave anything with them because that can help identify them, right? Exactly. Unless I guess it's not from her, it's from someone else, but. Well, I mean. That's still weird. The bones were identified as hers. Her mother said that the watch had stopped at 1230 a.m. on May 29th. About an hour after Pam and Conrad saw her vehicle speed off. But an autopsy could not, you know, determine what had caused it. Oh, my gosh. And according to the police, the mysterious caller, you know, who had tormented Dorothy and her parents has to be the man who killed her. Right? Well, yeah, you would think. Otherwise, that's one messed up situation. If it's two completely different scenarios, like, that's weird. It's just, it's wrong. Like, either, first off, I mean, not either, but first off. You're a shitty person for doing this in the first place. Oh, yeah. And then you're a shitty person for calling if it wasn't you that did it. Right. I mean, you're a shitty person for calling even if it was you that did it. But let's right. be clear here. <laughs> so, hmm. after the news, okay, that they found her body, it went on the news, and her parents received one last phone call. 
No. Yeah. Oh, God. And all it said was, is Dorothy home? What? <laughs> Sketchy, right? Oh, my God. Like, could you imagine? That is terrifying. Like, ugh, Like, you're already heartbroken enough having gone through this. And then they finally find your daughter and tell you, hey, we're so sorry, but we found her remains. And then you're trying to deal with that. And then this a-hole wants to call and taunt you more? Right. Like, like I, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even know. Like, That's what... so heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I have kids. Like, you know, it just, it's wrong. Like, the whole situation Ugh. is just wrong. I hate that so much. So, to this day, the man responsible for it, he's never been caught. They have no idea who he is. Oh, my God. Come on. Yeah. But her friends and her son... Okay. And her son, Sean, believe that a man named Michael Butler is responsible for her death. So all of this I got off of truecrimesociety.com. Okay. Okay. I've recently been in contact with Sean. He added some interesting things to my investigation of this case. Apparently there was a suspect that Sean became aware of through several of Dorothy's friends who lived in Missouri. The suspect's name was Mike Butler. Apparently, Butler was an unstable individual who lived in the Santiago Mountains. Santiago, Santiago, you know, whichever. And was involved in cult activity, which makes me think, you know, the dead dog that was discovered, you mm. know, makes more sense now, right? Yeah. Apparently, he was obsessed with her. Sound like our caller? His sister worked with Dorothy at the psych shop. And it makes total sense now as, you know, to how the stalker would know her schedule so well, yeah. right? And how he would even know her. And apparently they were aware of Butler at the time, like the police. Like the police knew about him. But so they had him as a suspect. Oh, but they and did nothing with it. But they, they never had enough evidence against him to consider him as a suspect or a person of interest. But who else could have done that? Right? Like, look at her. Like, she was she was just young. Oh, You know? She's so pretty. She was just young. Like, her, her parents, like, they offered, you know, they offered a reward. Like, they, I mean, she was 32 years old. She was our age. Yeah. Like, and we have little kids. I mean. Right? That's terrible. Like, I mean, they were, they were offering, you know, $2,500 for a reward. Like, that's a lot of money back then. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Like, the fact that he not only, you know, called her all those times, but then continued to call her parents afterwards. Yeah. Just, like, hurts me. Yeah, that's weird to me. I don't like that. Like, or, you know, the fact that as soon as they found, you know, her body, then he calls them to say, is she home? Yeah, no, that's so messed up. Like, it's, it just... Like, on a whole nother level. 
like that that case got me like i've been i've been kind of hooked on that one for a couple weeks now because it's just it's wrong well yeah i don't <laughs> sorry i'm taking a drink of my wine <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> i didn't mean to set it down quite so hard on the desk but yeah i don't i just don't understand i mean it's one thing to, I don't know. I can't comprehend how some of these people think. I just can't. Like, I, like it's one thing to like stalk someone and be so obsessed with them. But then to call them all the time and just say weird, scary, sketchy things. And then start calling the parents. Like, it, how low can you sink? Like, oh, I don't. I just I hate it so much. I don't understand. You can't if what you did wasn't shitty enough already. Right. And then you continue to drag it on for four years after. Right. And you know, continue to call her mom, who is, you know, going through the worst experience of her life. And then the day that the news comes out that they found her, you call her and be like, Oh, is she home? Like, what? What? Whatever. What is wrong? What is <laughs> like, that's so stupid. Like, like, it's almost like you can tell, like, he didn't want her to be found. At least not so soon, maybe. I don't know. Oh, but it was four years. Right, but, like, he probably didn't want her found at all. Oh, no. Like, I feel like he wanted her to be found so then, right after it happened. I don't know. He's a... Whoever it is, you're a piece of shit, and I hate you. Sorry. 100%. So? Like, I just, I don't understand. How can you do that? I don't know. Like, in, in general. But then knowing that someone has a young child, and then you do it anyway. Right. And then the idea of maybe it not even being the same dude. Like, what? Like, it was bad enough, but, like, now you want to... Like, even if they were in on it together, like, one person did this and the other person was responsible for the calls. Like, what? Like, then you're a shitty person, too. Right. I hate both of you, then. Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't care. I just... Mm, mm -mm. Uh, that's that's my case. That's... That's a good one. I feel like that was a good one to start the first one off. Yeah. That's... It just... It's frustrating, but it was a good one. It hurt me. And who knows? Maybe someday somebody will look into this. They'll reopen it. We've got a lot more new testing now. We've got the genealogical stuff. Yes. Maybe someday we'll be able to find some airtight evidence to link it to either Michael Butler or whoever did it. Yeah. Like, when I first started reading it, and, like, when, you know, when he called the guy and said, you know, she was my love, you know, I caught her cheating with another man... Right, you would think it was like an ex-boyfriend. Immediately in my head, it immediately went to Sean's dad. Yeah. Immediately. But, but to just be some stalker creep who's obsessed with you. Yeah. Like, Ugh, no, thank you. Get a life home. Jeez. That's, yeah. I don't love yeah. it. I don't either. But, you know, that's my case. All right. Well, that's a good one. Music for Murder on the Porch is provided by Joseph McDade.